To better understand the anomaly, I will now focus its radiation on a giant medium-sized ant to see what happens. What's going on here? I was told there would be sugar syrup. Quiet, you! Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through the movie reboots of one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And today we're talking about The Beast with a Billion Backs, Part 1. And ladies and gentlemen, I have a an alert for everybody. We are both very low energy this week. <laughs> It's true. It's going to be the best podcast we've ever done. Yeah, um, I I am recovering from some kind of illness that um, really knocked me out over the weekend. So I'm still kind of coming back up. And it, I'm in the middle of an illness called moving. I hate it. That's why so many people got sick on the oregon trail because really what was the oregon trail if not just months of moving Uh uh-huh there weren't any other reasons (laughs) for people getting ill on that trip none whatsoever this is what i learned from that game because you just got bored for in in the classroom for about 45 minutes thanks mech no oregon trail was a lot of fun no i know i'm messing around i mean just i think about how many bears you shot in (laughs) in the american west I mean, I just wanna I just wanna point out that we are not besmirching the good name of the Oregon Trail, the video game. I mean, I literally basically recrossed it in a car from uh, Missouri to to Eugene. Nice. Um, I did a uh, basically Denver to Portland. So Still pretty good. Yeah, this is a little, little bit. Oregon Trail never went that far south. Anyways, this is now a history podcast. Welcome to Back to the Future. I'm the best history podcast of the Oregon Trail and how our hosts have redone it. This has now become a choose your own adventure. Ooh. Oregon Trail simulator. If you'd like to ford the river, turn to page 34. There are pages? Oh, I guess you're right. It's a podcast. Go to minute 34. Ooh, wait is there a podcast idea here? no because that sounds like garbage i mostly listen to podcasts when i'm driving i don't want to <laughs> be like trying to <laughs> go to different specific time codes in a podcast but if it's good maybe well hold on okay maybe maybe instead of time codes it's entire episodes so you do the episode of the podcast okay it's like if you would want to do this action download this episode if you'd rather do this action, download this other episode. No, and no, then no. you also okay. get the stats on where people would like to go. So one 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 train of actions leads you down, and that's hundreds of thousands of downloads. And then there's another one, only one. Only one person wanted to go down this road. One person. But that was the better episode. See, that's the thing. So no, okay. okay. The idea is... All right. Everyone who is listening is in one big wagon train they're all traveling together so then they have to vote on which actions they take because because we have podcast technology but not headphone technology everybody has to listen to the same thing 
Well, I mean, no, I'm just saying that (laughs) I don't want to make a zillion podcast episodes for like, oh, hey, one listener, you decided to swim across the Mississippi. Cool. Why are you even at the Mississippi? Because you're going backwards, you dumbo. I don't want to record that one episode for that one person who was like, I've decided I'm going backwards. I'm going to Boston. The Boston Trail. The Boston Trail. And it's a the, good trail. And the Oregon Tea Party. Oh. <laughs> See, we've just made the episode is the problem. That is what happens. Instead of you you go, try to you go backwards from Missouri to Boston, you go on the Boston Trail. That obviously has to make the Oregon Tea Party happen and not the Boston one cuz mm-hmm. whatever harbor, I don't know, but they do it in Astoria or whatever. It's fine. It that's you've changed history. We're in some alternate history fiction alternate garbage right hi- here. Fiction history choose your own fiction podcast. Where every episode's a different choice. It's that famous alternate history fiction about how everybody got to Missouri and was like, <laughs> "No, this is looking the- out <laughs> across the expanses of Western land and just go, nope, <laughs> and then turn right back around." <laughs> they just look at it and they're like, "No, I'm good," mm-hmm. and then go back because maybe the East Coast wasn't so bad. The Beast with a Billion Backs Part One, which first of all, okay. I would like to point out that because, I mean, I, I watched it on Hulu. I imagine you did too. Mm-hmm. But the description in Hulu... Did not read it, so I'm very excited for this. The description says, uh, first of all, it puts Futurama in all caps Good. in the episode description. Good start. But it says, that in Futurama's latest and most tentacle-packed epic. I mean, I've seen this one, so yes... It has not come up in the episode as a spoiler. It's true. There are no tentacles. So if you only watch this one (laughs) and you're like, man, what what writer had to write this Garbo? Because there's no tentacles at all here. Yeah. Um, No, I just I I found that pretty funny. And then. But yeah, I mean, again, it's way at the end of the episode. The tentacles don't even show up by the end of this episode. So. I guess we'll put a pin in that one for next week, I guess. Anyways, the beginning of the episode, the rift opens in the sky just at like at the end of the last mm-hmm. movie. And everybody screams. And that is the previously on and they go directly into the the opening credits, which is very good. Mhm. Um we do get a, a fun little steamboat willy yeah. throwback uh, cartoon where it's the Futurama characters doing Steamboat Willie in that same sort of 1920s animation style, which is pretty good. It's neat. Yeah. That's all That's all there is to say about that, I think. So then we go back into the actual episode. We find out on the news that terrified Earthlings are beginning to grow exhausted. Hashtag 2018. Oh, I ready, wasn't ready for that one. So, but no, I will. I do want to, I do want to point out one okay. thing that I don't, really like okay uh the news program does point out that like it's been i think three months they say uh, i think it since was the rift month. open it, it's been it's been a little bit of time yeah, but we, amount, we but are still bit. essentially jumping right back into the plot that got left at the pre end of the previous movie sure so whether or not you are watching them as movies or as episodes it's still sort of like just going from 
point A to point B yeah. between sessions. The thing that I really did not care for about this is that as episodes, it's especially bad because it's like we just got through four episodes where it was just tiny little chunks in a show that is usually incredibly episodic right where you can watch them out of order it doesn't matter what happened on the previous episode and now it's like we can't even take a break between movies it's right. still all it's all trying to tie it all in together into one big meta plot yeah that it, that is true it you don't get like a a reset yeah and it's it's very weird considering futurama is you know like yeah, I mean, I mean they they have callbacks and stuff, but they they are generally not this like direct. Here's right. this plot line. Let's follow it through multiple movies at this point. Yeah, there the the Futurama has always been kind of like character progression is the only thing that's constant, right? Where instead of we're gonna have we I don't think they've ever done a cliffhanger until the movies. Um. Yeah, I don't think so. So the fact that you're like, and and going from 22 minute episodic, not not really relying on what came before or after, really, to four movies that are, or at least the t- first two that are tied directly into each other, is like, whoa, you've given me a lot to watch right now and keep and keep a track of. Yeah, so it's a little bit weird. That's fair. But I, I did I, I did want to call attention to that before we get too much into the weeds on this episode. It's true. There's going to be some weeds just because. It's just such a weird tonal shift to me, but sure. So the uh, again on this this news program, we find out that scientists believe that the rift is a gateway to another universe. Morbo says we're doomed. When Morbo says that we're doomed, you know we're doomed. That's true. Hermes asked the professor whether we should be not at all scared or entirely scared, or how scared should we be, and he right. responds between not at all and entirely. Zoidberg chooses entirely. So, you know, anywhere on the spectrum really is appropriate. Yeah. So. Zero to 100. Anywhere. Just go for it. Helpful. I'm going to go for about, you know, 27%. Like, it seems okay. It's been a month. It's okay. So, yeah. let's let's, lowered it down. Yeah, let's figure this out. 100% immediately. Right. A giant rift opens up, and then it's just there for uh, an amount of time. Yeah. Things get normalized pretty quickly. I think. Yeah, exactly. So, like, it's there. Nothing's coming out of it. Like, it doesn't look like it's getting any bigger. Yeah. It's just sort of there. Um, I'm I'm going to go with you. I'm going to say maybe about um, maybe about 30%. Yeah. Makes, makes sense. I think so. Like, there's still concern there because it's like, wow, okay, um, this is now a thing now. Well, that's kind of terrifying. Eh. But, you know, nothing seems to be going too terribly wrong with it. So, I'll, I've got other things to do with my life. The professor. I've got work. I've got, I've got marriages. I've got. Mar- hold on, marriages. Well, I, I'm speaking in the aggregate. I've got marriages. I've got kids. I've got works. I've got employees. I've got employers. Marriages. I've got apartment complexes. Okay. So, anyways, I've got buildings to worry about. I've got a podcast. I'm trying to get through. Here. I have podcasts to worry about. <laughs> Um, like the upcoming Oregon Trail Choose Your Own Adventure game brought exactly. to you by the folks who do Back to the Futurama. This is what we're recording after this, and I'm very excited <laughs> for that. I'm more excited for that than this, because that's a new thing. 
what do you call it? I mean, obviously you've got okay. uh, uh, dying of dysentery references, fording the river references. Ford your own Oregon Trail. No, that's nothing. It's close. I feel like it's close. Something your own Oregon is something pretty good. Okay. Go your own Oregon. Now, Gorigan your own way. <laughs> no, that's very, very close to gore. Isn't he it? Oregon went his own way. He he Oregon. He he. Here today, Oregon tomorrow. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> A choose your own adventure podcast brought to you by Ben and Mike of Back <laughs> to the Futurama. But it wouldn't be our brand if we didn't make a pun out of it. Wow, we are thirteen minutes into this episode. Oh man, the edits—they're coming. I can feel them. The professor, meanwhile, decides that Mike's theory is dumb, and he does want to find out what is going on with this that's, rift. That's fair. This is after Linda throws at the Sportsbot Five Thousand that reports all sports are canceled. Yeah. These things happen, I guess. So... Don't have to worry about sports. The professor, in order to test this, tries to see... Tries to see what will happen to a giant, medium-sized ant. But that can speak. Uh-huh. Who has been promised, what, sugary uh, syrup? Yeah, something like that. I was too distracted by the fact that it is a giant, medium-sized ant in a cage. <laughs> and then... So the thing that I the thing that I like about this entire scene is that the ant is just there the entire rest of the scene. They have complete dialogues later on in this scene and the ant is still in this cage looking around sort of, you know, taking it all in. Taking it all in. He's 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 uh sort of opening and closing his little mandibles just hanging out in the background. And I kind of love it. <laughs> he's just he's just chilling i mean what else are you gonna do in a cage despite all my rage i'm still just a giant medium-sized ant in a cage true one of the best songs with rage and cage in it but yes the professor decides <laughs> that he's going to f focus the radiation from the rift up in the sky onto this ant just to see what will happen right and the ant can speak and listen it's kind of terrifying you're really focused on the whole ant talking sentient thing. he's a sentient being and the professor's trying to kill it so the professor pulls this lever and instead the radiation all goes directly onto the professor's face who then catches on fire it's kind of horrifying the visual it's like almost looks like giant i mean giant flame magma flames it's just it's terrifying giant flames magma flames i'm telling you <laughs> it just looks terrifying and then Layla just comes over and puts him out with a fire extinguisher like and it's no big deal at that point fry walks in with a woman who he identifies as colleen uh who is voiced by Brittany murphy which is pretty phenomenal i had to look that one up because a we've been called out a couple of times for forgetting voice actors mark sure. hamill did the freaking hanukkah zombie and neither of us knew that yeah we we sure we sure we thank our listeners for our, the corrections we deserve but but 
her voice did sound sort of familiar. And then I looked it up. I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Because, like, you know, I'm a big uh, King of the Hill fan. Sure. She did uh, uh, the voice of Luann on mm-hmm. King of the Hill. Sure. So, you know. But uh, still, I wanted to make sure I got that one correct this time. The best kind of correct. Technically correct. <laughs> um, Colleen finds him fascinating. And uh, Zoidberg throws up the contents of both of his salt and freshwater stomachs due to them being lovey-dovey. Well, specifically, they say, we're taking a cuddle cab to Hugabunny Village. I mean, yes, that's pretty lovey-dovey. And yes, that would also cause me to throw up my salt and freshwater stomachs. Leela assumes it's due to it's being sickening, but... But the, apparently the double vomit is a sign of joy. I am so glad I am not Zoidberg. I mean, for many reasons, yes. I enjoy him. I would not want to be him. But yes, they are. We we didn't specifically point it out. They are dating. Colleen and Fry. Yes, this seems like a they're worms the whole time situation <laughs> yes. where we about to didn't refer to them as dating. <laughs> um, They're just people that know each other, kind of. Uh, isn't that isn't that what dating really is? Just knowing someone? Kind of. Two people hanging out that know each other, kind of. Sure. Um, I feel like you and I have had very different dating <laughs> histories. <laughs> that is fair. I, I married my high school sweetheart and, and have been with her for over a decade. Whereas you left out the whole point, or the whole part about growing resentful of each other and then growing apart and then hating them and then well hate's a strong word well i I also haven't gotten to the resentful part yet well that's good (laughs) because she does not listen but i do love my wife um hashtag team smike's wife which i still think that the she should have (laughs) i feel like the hashtag team mike's wife is still a little like like she shouldn't I understand that I am one of the the co-hosts of this podcast, but I feel like she should have her own name in the in the hashtag. Hashtag Team Stacy. Okay. Um, she doesn't listen to this podcast. She does not care. I mean, I think either hashtag is relevant. So That's true. When are we going to have her on again to dunk, dunk on, on me? you some more? I mean, <laughs> the, the capability is always. The fans want more Stacy on this oh, podcast. I, I am aware of what the fans want. <laughs> I think I think I've told Stacy that what of what the fans want, and I don't think she's uh, she. I, she doesn't. So she, she doesn't often have a. She, with Jurassic Bark, she had a lot to dunk on me with. With most episodes of Futurama, there's not much. For now, we'll find something. No, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I can't subject my wife to bad Futurama things. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm going to get in so much trouble. I love okay. my wife. Remember I started off this this whole missive with that? We're getting nothing done on this episode. So we get a <laughs> we get a great we get a great joke that I love and had totally forgotten about where Zoidberg is like, "Oh yeah, he told me when how he and Colleen met." And then it cuts this flashback of a sunset uh in the park and then it's Zoidberg sitting down on a bench with Fry telling them how uh, telling him how he <laughs> met Colleen which it's a very good gag it was perfect <laughs> it was such a good joke um but then we get sort of a double flashback mm-hmm. where we find out that they met 
because in the immediate aftermath of the rift opening up, mm-hmm. they're both standing in Times Square, watching it on the Jumbotron for some reason. Sure, because it makes it so real. And then they're both terrified, and they're like, yeah, if there's only something that we could uh, do about that. And then it cuts to... or th- Fry's like, well, I think I have an idea. And then it cuts to the next scene where they have just boned. Yep. They've boned down hard. Boned down hard. That is the one McElroyism I leave in this podcast. <laughs> we we try not to bite their flavor, but when their f- flavor is so good, we have to p- chomp it. And and as we return from dual flashbacks, uh, Kiff and Amy come in and tell everyone that Kiff asked Amy to be his fawn fawneroo. And everybody is a little confused, mm-hmm. as one might be. But it's pretty much like the uh, asking uh, Amy to join Kiff's family. So what humans would call a marriage. And yeah, the ant is the the giant ant is in the background of every part of the scene, like just hanging out, just learning about these characters, these people. It's great. It's very good. Um, at the, I didn't r- write down what it is, but the ceremony for the Fon Fon Roo, uh, Kiff's parents and Amy's parents are going to meet for the first time. Yep, and Bender's excited about the drama that will unfold. I mean, he's Bender. He loves the drama. He lives for it. So they fly out to Amphibios 9 for the Fon... The Fon Fon... Box or something like that. I don't remember what it's called. I'm going to look that up before we get tweeted upon. We're going to go to Ben Google's That Corner. He's going to Google it over here. He's gonna Google it. Oh, good. Over Google there. Google automatically fills in Fon Fon Roo when I start typing <laughs> it in. So I think Google knows me. You mean did you mean fondant? That would be no, I, see, that's a joke that, that just make, kind of jumped out of my brain and wasn't funny. That would make more sense than Fon Fon Roo, I agree. <laughs> okay, Ben is making a... he his brow is furrowed. There is a band okay. called Fon Fon Roo that I found on Facebook. So we are going to just go ahead and take a break and listen to their, their stuff. Boy, it's great. Or it's bad. I don't know. We hadn't, didn't actually listen to it. And somebody literally commented on one of their posts. Fon Fon, like a Smizmar wife from Futurama. And then they're like, you know it. So there you go. Good band. This is a good band. This is good chat. This is here. good rock and roll <laughs> this is good music stuff. I just want to get to where is your webpage, Fon Fon Roo? I want to listen to your stuff. <laughs> we have we have more. This Google's this corner has kind of morphed a little bit. Thank you for coming on this journey with us, our friends. Um, as we go into this band that is Futurama named. Okay, well I don't have time to. Oh wait, here's a song by oh, them. We do have time, I believe. Coming up next on the hot for hot top forty. <laughs> the hot forty. The hot for the hot forty. <laughs> Fon Fon Roo with death and taxes.
That was just a taste of Fon Fon Roo's Death and Taxes. It's very interesting. Fon Fon Roo, please DM uh, Back to the Futurama or uh, at Back to Futurama for uh, any payment you might want to. Don't tell them that. We're not paying nothing. (laughs) No, no, no. No, We sponsor. They 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 we gave them advertising, so they have to pay us. Oh yeah, I'm into that. Pay us money. (laughs) Oh man, I can't find what the this thing is called. Is it on Infosphere under Beast with a Billion Backs? I'm looking at because it says it's just I can oh Fon 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 Rubach. Okay, it's it's just like Fon Fon Ru, but with the end of Reebok. Cool. That was that was that was the worst thing I've ever done. (laughs) I don't know. We get to learn of a new band. So, anyways, anyhow, back to the. Future Ben, I'm so sorry. You are moving this week. You do not have time for these edits. And yet. Go get yourself another beer. <laughs> or You've a whiskey. earned it. Or just a glass of whiskey might work too. So they go to Amphibios 9. They sure do. For the Fon Fon Rubach. Oh man, we have so much to go. <laughs> it's so much. We're not even halfway through my notes yet. So, uh... Yeah, we should probably work a little bit faster. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, so we find out that Kif's, fi- the final stage of the like- life cycle of his people is that they explode out into a swarm of tiny hookworms. Uh, that that comes up when the Wongs think that Kif's parents haven't arrived yet and they're just being swarmed by these bugs. We- and then Inez Wong slaps one against her neck. He's like, no, no, no. That was part of my father. It was his left testicle. He does definitely share that with her later. I mean, that if, information. If I, you just never mind, I'm not getting into. No, I don't think this is a good conversation for the podcast. Plus, we've already used up all of our time reviewing <laughs> yeah, we, bands named <laughs> after Futurama. Yeah, yes, we do not have testicle time, friend. <laughs> Thank God. So, <laughs> so Colleen and Fry are drinking at the provided bar, basically just going to get hammered. Yeah, I mean, on a, what, on that's a weird what, planet. That's what you do at weddings. Get hammered. That's true. I've I've been to one recently. Did do that. Going to another one. I am. My hotel is the place where it's happening. So gonna do it. Nice. Don't care if I'm still sick. Gonna do it. Nice. <laughs> Meanwhile, Leela is playing single person pong on her wrist doohickey, which is a very funny visual visual gag to me. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's about the saddest thing I've ever seen, though. Yeah, well, it's it's not even like playing against the computer where the uh, computer, no right. It's like it's like a you're hitting it against it's the wall. It's the digital equivalent of throwing a tennis ball against a wall and then catching it. Yeah, it's sad. Zap comes up and says some things about doing stuff in like shrubbery and whatnot. He basically wants to bone down hard behind some shrubbery. It's true. I mean, maybe he listened to some sweet jams by Fon Fon Roo and was just really in the mood. And it calls back. <laughs> uh, so the ceremony begins of, of Rubak, as we have confirmed. Sure did. And it is run by the Grand Priestess, who is also the Grand Midwife and the Grand Lunch Lady, and a couple more jobs that are also grand. All her jobs are grand. It has been repeatedly pointed out to us by the Grand Midwife's biggest fan. Will wonders never cease. I, I I love our fans so much. We do have some of the best fans. It's great. 
Y'all, y'all keep us going. Honestly, straight up, you do. So, um, this weird episode where I'm still sick and Ben's moving, but we're like, we got to do it for our fans. The ceremony itself is all sorts of weird stuff. Everybody gets splashed with mud. The best man, Zap. It's not just mud. It's the petroleum of billions of generations of Kith ancestors. Yeah, I was going to leave that part out because it's gross. And Well, yes, but it's important. It's it's symbolic. Didn't when I got married, I st- <laughs> I can't. I can't. I did not stand in mud of billions of my ancestors. Well, that's good. Um Zap, I stood on grass. Zap as the best man hoses off the couple, which is really weird and Well, I mean, they're covered in mud and in the petroleum of billions of generations yes. of Kiff's ancestors. And then <laughs> <laughs> the, the grand midwife hands them a a, uh, a two-headed snake two-headed snake and she, she says you may now eat the snake and then they start eating the two different ends of this snake and then they get like two bites in and then she's like if you so choose it's not part of the ceremony i just had an extra snake so great is right like like who has an extra snake just you know just oh yeah i just wanted to you know i wanted somebody to eat that thing i didn't want to go to the waste so like i brought it to this wedding ceremony it's like yeah maybe this will work that's that's what i'm gonna do next time i go to a wedding okay i'm gonna show up with a, a whole bunch of sausages and i'm gonna be eating those sausages during the ceremony and then like as they're giving their vows i'm gonna walk up and be like yo you guys want in on some of this i got an extra one okay when i <laughs> renew my vows with my beautiful wife stacy remind me you're not my efficient hands I, all <laughs> greasy with sausage this is grease not, this is nothing this this is nothing nobody nobody wants this <laughs> except for maybe you I just don't think... I, well, I think a, it sounds great because I'm at a wedding and eating some sausages. Well, and I'm also, as aforementioned, hammered. Generally, I just, generally I think, you start that at the reception. But I you, you came pre-game it you came with prepared. sausage and whiskey. So, so just know, <laughs> it, it, when you do this, the bride and groom... Okay, the bride probably is going to be pretty pissed. The groom's going to laugh about it. Because, you know, the groom might want in on some of that sausage. Exactly. But the bride is going to be, you know, like, can we focus on what we're doing here and not this sausage? Although. Although. Maybe she's also down for some sausage. Maybe, maybe it's just like, okay, sausage break. You know, I mean, it's, it's, she's nervous. She maybe hasn't eaten much because of nerves. She needs that good protein. And, and if I know anything about how the last couple of weddings have gone, they probably have been drinking in the bridal suite, right? So plus, like every wedding I've on? every wedding I've gone to, like everybody starts eating, and the couple doesn't actually come out for like ages because they got to get pictures and stuff done. Uh, you know those those so they're like cocktail hours. They're like starving by the time they th- you bring them some sausages. Boom, done. See, but that's not part of the ceremony though. That's afterwards. Well, no, they need the sausages to, to get, get through, through the, the ceremony. Okay, I'm see right well ben when i'm when (laughs) if you if you ever decide to get married i will be either wherever you ask me to be just know 
I will have the sausage sausages for you, my friend. Okay. Whether that's best man <laughs> in the in the groom's party or just as a guest, I will be there. And just know if you need those good, good sausages, I am your sausage man. Remember when we were like, hey, we're 30 something <laughs> minutes into this episode and we need to like stay on topic. We started talking about sausages and weddings and this has to be discussed now. Oh, right. We got off topic because of the snake. The snake thing. Um, so Kiff tosses the bouquet, which he definitely looks to be an internal organ. Yeah. He like just reaches in and plucks it out of himself. Uh huh. It's gross as hell. Colleen catches it. And then uh, there's some romantic looks. And then Zoidberg is also giving a romantic look. But then he's like, you're going to eat that? And then he eats whatever internal organ Kiff just plucked right out of him. Like there's not food at this this uh, Rubak. Come on. There's a there's a bar. There's going to be food. That's why I need to bring sausages. Maybe that was sausage. So Kiff's internal sausage and I'm done. Whoa. So back at the robot arms apartments, um, Fry is getting ready for a date and Bender is like, oh man, like check out what's happening on all my circuits. And uh, long story short, Calculon's blackmailing himself as he finds out. Because his fourth personality is blackmailing his other three. Fry's got a neat tie that when he like tugs on it, it changes the pattern. And I'm like, oh man, that would be, that would be awesome. I want one of those. Would it save any space? Or would you keep, because I know you do have a good amount of ties. Uh-huh. Would you exchange them all for this one tie, or would you keep- If it can do any pattern and color, I mean, what's the only tie you need? It's true. Right? You get one in a, well, okay, you get three. You get okay one in a skinny tie, one in a standard tie, one in a bow tie, and then you're set for life. It's true. So, yeah, basically, Bender is really sad that Fry is going to go out on a date. Because he wanted to just chill with his best bud. Yeah. He even draws a little face on the cabbage he was going to give Fry. Because humans like cabbage, of course. We do. It's a known fact. Known fact. Um, but then when he after he draws the face, he just destroys it. He like punches it until it's mush. So they go on a date to St. Asimov's Day Festival. Very good. It's very good. Very good. They go on this weird two-dimensional ride that compresses them down into two dimensions yeah, it's the 2d tunnel of love they they look at when they look at each other their line segments i'm sorry it's so very good it's the worst tunnel of love ever but as a visual gag very funny oh no it's fantastic for us the viewer i'd want my money back is all i'm saying they seem to enjoy it they decide to move in together it's true <laughs> fry specifically Phrases it as, will you be moved in with by me? I mean, once you can parse it, yeah. Sounds mm-hmm. pretty, pretty romantic. But you have to parse it. So there's a f- like five minutes where you're like, wait, wait, what? Wait, no. Yeah, no. Yeah, yes. Back at, back at Planet Express later on, Bender's really upset with this decision because he is going to get lonely. Although he doesn't say that but it's pretty obvious yeah he he suggests that she should move in with them so that he can curl up on the end of the bed and then i don't remember exactly what comes up i just wrote everybody has already forgotten about the anomaly yes the professor comes in and says uh, starts talking about the anomaly which everyone is concerned for had forgotten about it 
Uh, but he brings brings in good news. We're going to learn more about the cosmic anomaly at a scientific conference. Everyone screams. Mm, sure. No one wants to go to the scientific conference and learn. I mean, half the time they go to scientific conferences and Al Gore is there shouting, peace out, y'all. And like, I'd, I'd go to that. That's true. And this one, they are welcomed by the head of Stephen Hawking. He zings Leela. He sure it's does. It's pretty good. Because she's like, oh, if I knew you were going to be here, I'd have done something with my hair. And he's just like, you should have. Like, dang. Burn. Gotta, gotta put some ointment on that one, Leela. Take that. Hawking's presentation basically boils down to, I don't know anything about the anomaly. And that he cashed a huge check after writing a book about it. Which, baller move. I do love that he was able to have such a great sense of humor about himself. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially because, I mean, I've mentioned it before. You could literally just get a computerized voice and be like, oh, yeah, Stephen Hawking. But he does his own guest. He he did his own guest appearances, which was pretty great. Pretty great. So the professor suggests that they send a crew to check out the anomaly. Wernstrom agrees. And they argue over who gets to basically send a crew to their untimely demise. They're they're like literally like the professor is trying to like fight him and Wernstrom's like, but I'm agreeing with you. It's very funny. But yes, they do decide. I mean, they are fighting over after the agreement fight. They also do fight over That's true. who gets to send a crew to their death. Hawking then uses eyeball <laughs> stun rays to calm them down, which is a power he didn't know he had. Yeah, that's pretty great. Um, and tells them to settle it like men of science. And with that, we cut to the death ball arena. I actually really love the death ball arena scene. It's very good. It's really well done. The action in it is great. It's basically like that little uh, labyrinth toy. Yes, that, where you could change the horizontal uh-huh. and vertical. And you try to get the... I mean, in, in the actual game, you're trying to get it to the end of a maze. But here you're trying to be... Your team gets it into their hole on this giant maze board. And... Not get crushed by it. Not get crushed by it. And also the, the two professors are up control each gets to control one axis Mm -hmm. and then the team in this giant maze is trying to push balls in and not get crushed Mm -hmm. and i I can't i i I feel like not be crushed is like prime directive here oh absolutely although they get crushed a lot (laughs) they sure do it's bad but it's a very it's a fun scene. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think it's really well animated. It's just a lot of fun watching them all run around and like get crushed by these giant balls. Mm-hmm. And the uniforms are pretty neat too. Like everybody has, even the guys have like the shortest shorts possible. It's very good. And um, so you should, you should definitely go watch it. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. It's hard to it's, describe. It's a lot of action, but uh, the game ends seven six. For Farnsworth, meaning Planet Express is going to go to the anomaly. Huzzah, I guess. And later on, Zoidberg reveals he thought he was playing for his freedom. After the match, Colleen comes up and uh, gives Fry a big old smooch. And then one of the guys from the other team comes up and then she gives him a big old smooch. Uh, Fry is confused. As would I be also. That is true. 
Uh, but it turns out that Colleen has five boyfriends. But uh, yeah, so she has five boyfriends and Fry is taken aback. Sure. I th- I think I-, I think if it wasn't in a comedic setting, it should be a discussion point before. Oh, you're just making out with another guy now. That being said. Yeah, I mean, there's some I mean, there's some weirdness in this because it. I mean, I I don't claim to be an expert on any sort of polyamorous sort of relationship. Same. But they definitely do some things with this that are like, I mean, it's it's odd. Mm-hmm. I don't really have a great way to to really I sit down and like explain the problems with it. It's just very odd. I feel like it's just the the joke is that they don't discuss it. Right. Like and that well, I mean, but that the, yes, you you are right about that. But I mean, sort of the whole overarching oh, yes. thing in this episode, because there's also you know later on we're sure skipping ahead a bit, but later on, it's like uh, they are all sitting down to dinner and they all live in the same place and no one knows who's talking to who. Yeah, and they all get in a fight about everything and and that one just felt like you know normal societal cues don't matter to this group of people and also there's a weird line about how she got promoted to uh as a police officer today and i'm like is that supposed to be a joke about like why specifically a police officer that one i don't think we'll ever understand like but i think like the whole situation just needs to be communicated a whole lot more like this is not just something that you your boyfriend sees you making out with another guy. It's like, oh, I have five boyfriends. Like that well, feels like well, le- too late. Yes, I mean in a in a real situation, absolutely. My my point is not so much in the this is a dysfunctional thing. My point is in just the it's weird that it was written to be like this. Yes, I'm that not, is true. I'm not gonna comment on because I'm not in one, but. I, it's just it's it's odd decisions about how they have framed this entire yes the framing is very weird thing and that's all I really want to say about it because again I'm super not qualified that's true but yeah it's just it's weird writing is all so we go back to Planet Express where the professor tells them that this anomaly now he brings good news for dangerous things a lot so when he says something is dangerous that means it's quite dangerous indeed. He tells them to get ready for their pre-flight coffee enemas. Oh, yes. Which are piping hot. Piping hot. The robot comes in with like a... It looks like a, a freaking gas pump, but it's steaming. Steaming hot coffee, ready for your rectum. And Fry is having doubts about moving in with Colleen because he found out about this five boyfriends thing. But it's not just that everybody sleeps in a big pile. Everybody gets their own room and a shelf in the fridge. So how big is this apartment? I mean... In New New York. But, I mean, you're still splitting the rent five ways. That's Six fair. ways. That's fair. It just seems like a very large apartment. So, yeah, they they all kind of talk to Fry. Zoidberg gives a weird analogy about, um, you know, it's better to have one piece of cake rather than no cake just because five other people are eating the cake. And 
doing some naked thrusting naked onto the thrusting cake. onto the cake which i'm like all right zoidberg you lost me there yeah zoidberg kind of you were good you were making sense and then you jumped off into nonsense land is what you've done but despite all that fry decides to go for it he takes his coffee enema to go so he gets like a Starbucks <laughs> cup, but then that has this really, really... It has an applicator. It's very terrifying. So he heads to upscale human domicile number 2487. Where the whole building moves instead of having an elevator. Uh-huh. There's some screams. As there would be. That sounds like the worst design ever. But people live in it. He's welcomed with cake. Of course. Because, I mean, you got to... You got to follow up on that joke. Meanwhile, at the anomaly, Wernstrom calls and tries to warn about something, but the professor won't hear it. He has Hermes hang up in the rudest manner. He pulls down his pants and uses what Wernstrom calls the crack slam. And uh, so they don't they don't know what Wernstrom says at all. Um, And so we cut back to the uh, we, we cut back to Colleen's apartment. Where here is where they get into that argument. She says she got a uh she was promoted to the chief of police. Yeah. Which good on her, by the way. Like I mean, chief good of on, police good is good on her. It's yeah. just it's such a oddly specific thing. I'm like, are you trying to make a joke about polyamorous Yeah, it was women and the police officer like it seems oddly specific and I don't know exactly what they were going for yeah, there. Yeah, I don't know. But. I don't know if they were going for a joke or that was just uh this is the thing that she is now. And so they all get into a fight because nobody can figure out who's talking to whom. And um, they finally get everything all calmed down. And then at that point, she's like, well, you guys have fun. I'm going out on a date. And uh, Brian determines he's no longer okay with the arrangement and breaks up. Back at the anomaly, everyone is terrified. Bender is plopping out some bricks. Mm-hmm. Bender asks why he, why everybody's risking their lives instead of sending in a robotic drone. Everyone stares at him. And he's like, why is everybody staring? Ah, oh, crap. And so they send him to explore it. Yeah, he walks up to the anomaly, which is, it's weirdly reflective. Yes. Which is kind of interesting. But he, instead of just checking it out, he taunts it for a little bit. He tells the other universe in there to bite his shiny metal ass. And as he does it, he bumps his butt right up against the anomaly. It sort of explodes, and it sends the ship and Bender hurling through space. And then we get A to B continued. And that means it's time for Graves. So this is weird, because I, I I, mean, knowing that this is basically one, the first fourth, the first act of the second movie, that being said... There's a lot of decent jokes, and I found it funny and engaging. There were some weird parts with the polyamory felt a little forced, and, you know, like, it was that, that, like I was talking about earlier, that kind of, like, sitcom trope of, if they talked about it, this wouldn't be a plot. Even then, I think you could probably make a plot out of this if they had, like, if Fry knew was informed coming into this where you can still have him breaking up at the end of it because he he thinks he's ready for it, but he's not. Either way, I think it, that aside, and I know I don't remember how big of a part that plays in the entire movie, but I feel like it does. Yeah, I don't even remember. It's, I think... Well, I mean, it is Beast with a billion backs. Well, yeah, but it's different. 
Um, <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I don't. I, I having watched the first part again, I'm pretty sure I've only seen this movie one time. Yeah. So that all being said, like there were some good bits, like uh, the the fun fun Rubok mm-hmm. felt very Futurama to me. Like it felt right. Yeah. So I there are parts like parts like that and parts that are not so great, and I think that I think this felt more Futurama than the first four. So I I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this. Okay. And I think I'm gonna give it a B minus. I would agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, actually, I I agree. It feels a lot more like Futurama after the first movie. Um. Where, yeah, the, the Fon Fon Rubach was like classic Futurama. The Grand Midwife shows up again. Um, there's sort of that. I mean, a lot of the humor in early Futurama was like, oh, the future's weird and crazy. Yeah. And here this wedding is weird and crazy. And so, yeah, it, it, it feels a lot like that. You get sort of that All My Circuits reference yeah. in there. There is a lot to uh, there's a lot in here that's like oh yeah no this is definitely futurama there are there were a lot of parts where just even talking about we were just busting up laughing yeah um that were you know phenomenal i can't remember any of them off the top of my head at this point because i'm thinking about sausages at weddings i'm thinking about the oregon trail uh choose your own adventure um, podcast we're doing but um you know so I think overall it was pretty enjoyable. With all, with all that said, it does suffer from the uh, that thing I brought up at the beginning where it's like, okay, well, you have to have done your homework on yeah. getting to this point, which is very weird for a Futurama episode. It's, it's again, gum- coming straight off of you just watched four back-to-back parts of a movie that never felt complete, and you're starting out on another one still not having the other one really feeling complete right so i hold a lot of issue with that um you know there's the weird polyamory jokes which i'm like yeah i don't think that they're that funny right and it's unfortunately not a small part of the episode right uh, or the rest of the movie uh, i don't think overall though i thought it was pretty good um i'm gonna give it a solid b Okay. It just so much of it suffers from it being part of a bigger movie. Um and we'll see how I how I like the rest of the movie because I don't remember liking this one a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But this first part was a lot better than I remember. Yeah. So I mean I, I it's you know, I, I think there's just so many good bits like the double flashback the ant that's there the oh yeah time. yeah 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 those are the ones i was thinking of yeah <laughs> that I, freaking I, ant i literally thought of them <laughs> like i was like at the end i was like i need to tell ben oh yeah that ant just hanging out in the background is like my favorite thing and, and i mean i didn't even think of it until you mentioned it and it's like that's that's terrific i mean but that's what futurama does really well Absolutely. right just putting little jokes in the background that uh just are appealing in some way. I mean, even the the festival they go to is the oh the, a- absolutely um, Asimov Day yeah. celebration, and you only get a handful of frames that have the title of it in there. Like, so if you miss it, it you missed it. So it is. I mean, it is Futurama doing what Futurama does. Absolutely. 
So, yeah, we'll see how the rest of the movie adheres to that. Because uh, if I recall correctly, I think it starts going downhill a little bit. But we'll see. We want to know what you think about this episode, about our new uh, Oregon Trail Choose Your Own Adventure. What was it? Here today, Oregon tomorrow? Yeah, that's the one. <sighs> okay. Um, we're already <laughs> on the hook for Fraser, so. Well, I. <laughs> Okay, you're right. Maybe I shouldn't go deep down into the boutique podcasts. We want to know what you have to say about giving sausages to the bride and groom at the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that bit. Uh, Tell us what you think about Fon Fon Roo the band. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you are Fon Fon Roo the band, uh, let us know. Let us know about it. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Yeah. We... You named a band after a Futurama thing, and... We'd like to interview you for the podcast. We do a Futurama podcast, so clearly we are... I feel like if they've listened this far, they know we're a Futurama... Well, that's... I mean, you know, we say we're a Futurama podcast, but most of the time it's about half and half. Anyways, if you want to get in contact with us for any of those reasons... Or many more. Or many more... You can do so by emailing us at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet us at backtofuturama. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. And we are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So find us there, review us, rate us, subscribe, and send to your friends. And especially if your friends are the, uh, is the guitarist singer of Fon Fon Roo. And don't forget that we are also on Patreon. So if you like what we do, you can support us by becoming a patron we have rewards for people who support us on patreon uh we have a discord server that we set up where you know we've been chatting with some of you who are on the the discord uh, and it's been a lot of fun i'd love to see more people in there absolutely and um you know last week we posted a a little garbage outtake that (laughs) that we had and you know uh we never want to pressure you into supporting us on Absolutely. Patreon. Uh, the podcast itself is definitely free, and uh, you know if you can't do it, then you know we don't we don't want you to to you know stretch your budget too far by supporting us. But for those of you who can, uh, we appreciate it. For those who can't or just straight up don't want to because we're two doofuses, we also appreciate that you listened to this much of this <laughs> podcast, and we love you very much for that. It's it's very good that you'll you're willing to come with us on these journeys and because these journeys are buck wild and until next week when we come back to beast with a billion backs part two i'm ben and i'm mike goodbye from the world of tomorrow tomorrow.